Halo, and welcome back to HCS Weekly. I thought, yo, this is my life. I have to go pro in Halo. And my head thought that that was more efficient, and I guess I was right. He was like the god. We would have to two v one like just to beat this guy. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm trying to reach you. A lot of Halo in my life, man. It's been a it's been a fun journey. I love it. destination for all things HCS. I'm your host, Shywit, and yes, we're back with your weekly dose of news, trick jumps, and interviews. And I'm excited, guys, because today's episode is a little bit different. Usually, we're focused on Halo esports, on multiplayer updates, on abilities, on the war of sprint versus no sprint, but today is specifically about Halo's story. We are going in-depth with Halo Infinite story, with the trailer, and we've got a mastermind in Halo lore himself joining us on the show, Hidden Xperia. Very excited to bring him on, but before we get there, we've got our new We've got our trick jump, and apparently we have some giveaways too. Tony, I forgot to confirm this before the show. Are we? I think we have a giveaway for Astro headset. Tell me, we've got the graphic for this? No. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, Tony. I did. <laughs> all right, I, I said nothing. You guys heard nothing. We're gonna don't mention again. All right, so Tony, you gotta, we gotta, we gotta plan this before the episode. Here I am talking about giveaways. We don't have. I do know a giveaway that we have for sure, guys. Type exclamation mark grassroots in the chat, and we've got our grassroots BR skin and our nameplate as well. That's 100% going to be given away on today's episode. To so type exclamation mark grassroots in the chat, you can be entered in the contest. And I will now move on to the news with Maddie Rum from News Combo New Combo.com. I got Maddie. Just join me. You're right. You're I, no, I don't know, man. I like. <laughs> a little so Tony, bit of rough start. Tony sent me a message about an awesome surprise that we got coming up that I'm not allowed to reveal, and then I'm like, shoot, I forgot to ask him when that's supposed to happen, and and yeah, there you go. I'm revealing details. I'm not. There you not go. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right, your turn. We got news. What do we got this week? Uh, yeah, we got real Halo. short this week. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, you you let me know. <laughs> uh. Halo 3 Ranked Team Slayer is coming to uh, Master Chief Collection, I believe, tomorrow. Uh, Postum's talked about it in the latest playlist update, which was real small. It just had to do with Griff Ball. But, uh, and then yesterday on Twitter, we made a post saying that it would be available in two days, which was yesterday. So okay. hence why tomorrow should be available. Right. And uh, they'll be experimenting with something new. Uh, Dana Jerpback. Jerp who's a designer for MCC, mm-hmm. uh, mentioned that they'll be using a partial team matchmaking, which means your party of three or four, you will only be matched with other parties of three and four, and obviously you're solo if it's three. Yeah. yeah. But if you're you know, a party of two or anything that, you won't be put up against groups of four or three. I like that concept. That just always yeah. makes me worry when we have a low player base, though, right? Like, I... Yeah. I because I, I know the Halo 5 dilemma where you got a team of four and then you never find a game. But I I get it from the point of balance. So they probably have to do that. And as a kind of like a prerequisite to MCC on PC, hopefully you have a, a much larger audience that comes in and then this wow. starts to really take effect. Um, but this is this is BR starts Team Slayer ranked, right? This is... Yeah, this the is only thing is thing. I, don't, I don't believe it's uh, MLG settings. So oh, it's... Uh, that's what some people are, you know, iffy about. But right. they did say it will be BR starts. Okay, so no... Cool. No adjustment with like speed and stuff like that. You know, didn't say anything, so mm-hmm. we'll we'll see. I, I've been waiting for. Uh, I say it all the time to like Sandman and stuff. I just want a social playlist with competitive settings. Yeah, yeah. Just start That's with the I BR want. instead of the the AR, so I can just practice the BR and just slay things and not worry too much about you know team dynamics, objective plays. Just practice exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah. But, this... uh, as far as maps go. 
they said that you know uh, map favorites like Heretic Guardian and Pit will be weighted a lot heavier than maps like Ghost Town or Assembly. Let's know, go. That people don't really like as much. Yeah. Uh -huh. So it should be live tomorrow, I guess, if all goes according to plan. Yeah, and that's how it should be. I like that. Add add like uh, priority weights to the maps that you know are the most popular, so you see them the most often. Though in the end of the day, what we really want is a veto system. I know that's like kind of the, yeah. the ultimate dream, but this is the second best thing. We'll take that for now, I guess. Uh, we do have Halo Classic Atlantic City Halo CE two v two announced as well. Tell me about this. Yeah, so uh, much like St. Louis, uh, there was going to be a Halo CE two v two side event. Uh, it's $120 for a team pass. The prize pool is $2,000. I believe it's winner take all. Uh -huh. But uh, it'll be a Halo NHE Neutral Host, Host Edition. will be played on original Xboxes on CRT televisions. So The only way the to play. Yeah, the full classic experience. Yeah. I love that. And they did that with the first Halo Classic, and that was really awesome, too. And it was it was such a great thing to add to the event. I remember uh, David Sandman, who was taking photos, he managed to grab this amazing photo. I don't know if you remember. It was like yeah, two guys. Two people. Yeah, yeah, like a 2v2 in the corner of Halo CE on a, on two CRTs. It, looked, it just looks so yeah, nice. With, like, there was nobody like, else around him. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was real good. Yeah, that that just that brings me back. It, it's kind of like you know, and I always kind of hearken to the Smash Bros. Melee community. They're still using the old hardware. It was just the, the good old times, but uh, but yeah. So uh, 120 for team passes, two thousand dollars announced for that tournament. That's gonna be pretty exciting. So another reason to go to Halo Classic. And once again, we also have a 4v4 qualifier, and the first registration is open. What's this? Yeah, so they're doing the uh, three different qualifiers before the event for seeding purposes. You know, if you want to get a better seed, you compete in the qualifiers, get some points. There was originally four, but the first one, I believe, was going to conflict with Face It Ignite. So they got rid of the first one. Right. Which, uh, but the first one, Saturday, August 3rd at 12 p.m. Central Time. Mm -hmm. uh, you can register now. The registration closes the day before Friday the 2nd at 12 p.m. And you can do so at ugcesports.gg. Right. So start registering, guys. Atlantic City this September. Halo Classic number two. It's going to be exciting. Uh, and I can't wait for that. So it's great to see more news there. We also have tournament results. We just had an event this past weekend. I didn't really get to watch it. Did you watch it, Maddie? I saw a bit. Yeah, I, I would. I was watching. I'd fall asleep for a little bit. I'd wake up, watch a little <laughs> right. bit more, fall asleep Understand again. Wake understandably. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm normally in bed at like nine o'clock because I wake up early for morning in the for work. So there's no way I was going to be able to stay up for that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. But I will be watching all of the uh, the past broadcast stuff and the highlights and whatnot too, just so I can come up with some sort of a breakdown. But we have our uh, our results for it. What do we got here? Uh, yeah. For, so for Red Bull, uh, Rice on first place was I guess it's Gooder, but it was a uh, Trippy and Penguin. Second place was Reciprocity, Snipe Down, and Ace. Third went to Infinite, Boo Boo, and Tusk. And fourth was GMS, Gabriel, and Fantasy. Right, right. So a huge, huge showing from Trippy and Penguin. And we talked about it last week with Sims, just yeah. the fact that they didn't really get their time in the spotlight. These guys are so talented, they just need that opportunity. This was the opportunity, and they won the event. So, yeah, like, Trippy, Trippy especially was going off. Yeah, yeah, really, really incredible showing from these guys. And, yeah, they just proved that they have what it takes coming out of Halo 5 into Halo 3. They're they're still just as talented, which is great to see. And, yeah, Maddie, I, I skipped over the other tournament results here. I didn't notice. Uh, breaking the Clutch, Halo Wars E-League Invitational. What's this? Yeah, so they uh, had a what they called their E-League, which was the past few months. They had an open tournament each month. So this one was 
the winners from each tournament as well as the top players, so like runner-ups. So first place went to Amarante 99, second place was Hero Absolution, third place was Liam White. Nice. So good There's to a little, see. A little bit of prize money with that, too. Yeah, yeah. And Halo Wars, I don't follow quite as closely, but it's part of the Halo universe, so it's always nice to see some events and stuff going on for Halo Wars as well. Uh, we have events this week. As usual, what do we got? Uh, Saturday, the July 20th, uh, are the Face It Ignite qualifiers, both for EU and, N and North America. They're the pool play. Again, same thing for seating purposes. Uh, also, over in your neck of the woods in Toronto, we have yes. uh, GT Halo King of the North free-for-all at Landlord's Gaming Center. Yep. And then Sunday, July 21st, uh, at Halo 3 Community is hosting a $1,000 random 2v2 invitational that is filled with pros and top AMs. Right. And this kind of just came out of nowhere, right? How does that work? Is a, do they randomly pair up two people? Yeah. And then you yeah. The players he has going, Ace, Fantasy, Straight Sick, Gabriel, Munoz, Ryan New, Dubadubu, Guntype, so Neighbors, Erica, Goofy. Yeah, a bunch of people yeah. you'll you recognize. Yeah. And I guess, uh, I believe he told me Friday he's going to put the teams together, but he's going to pick, you know, randomly who's going to get paired. Right, right. So that's awesome. That's that's going to be a lot of fun when you have, uh, you know, completely random teams paired up. We'll see how that dynamic goes. Also happy to announce that I will be at the King of the North FFA at the Landlords Gaming Center, guys. I'm planning on casting it. Not really sure how it's going to all kind of roll out. We'll see as we go, but I will definitely be there, and I'm excited to be there. Good to have some some local Halo events and, and to actually have some time on the weekends to go to them. So anyway, uh, these are the events for the week, and I believe that covers everything for the news today, Maddie. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, anytime, man. No problem, dude. Thank you, Maddie, for the news. Remember, guys, you can check out noobcombo.com for all the information there in detail with the links to Halo, Halo Waypoint. Just everything that you would need is on noobcombo.com. Let's go right into the Trick Jump segment with Clearly Me. There we go. How's it going, Clearly? <laughs> it's going pretty good, man. How are I think, you doing? I'm good. I think he wasn't sure if I should transition it because I cut it off, like, so early, but... <laughs> Anyway, we're good. Uh, so you have an awesome jump. I'm assuming you always mm -hmm. have an awesome jump. Uh, what do you got for me today, dude? Um, I got something for some of the uh, sweaty MLG kids out there. Oh, Tony's, Tony's playing a different clip. <laughs> oh, this one's good, too. Yeah, um, this yeah, two is, clips? What do we got? Um, well, the clip I submitted is on Onslaught. This is a Guardian clip. Uh, but this is a... Yeah, no, this is a completely... <laughs> this is a tutorial. No, 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 this is a okay, tutorial okay. I sent to Tony. It was labeled onslaught.mov, says Tony. Really? Clearly. Oh, man. <laughs> Thrown him for a loop. Can we, can we locate the original Onslaught video, or do we have an entire tutorial on We literally on have a tutorial, an entire quiet <laughs> tutorial going on right now. Well, well, how do you climb this tree? Well, in the meantime, if, unless, you can, <laughs> unless you haven't sent it to Tony, you need to send it to Tony. Like... I did. I just because um, if he has it, maybe he can find it while we're here, while we're scaling the tree here. <laughs> I don't know. All right, onslaught two. Okay, renamed it. Okay, so there's another file, Tony. Oh, but yeah, that's a uh, ghost jump up the tree <laughs> to get up onto B two on Guardian. Um, but yeah, the whole first bit's quiet because I actually sent it to Tony for some editing a while back. Okay. Um, but, yeah, you do a little ramp jump up the tree, and you hit a ghost jump right, right around where I'm shooting the plasma pistol bullets. Uh -huh. um, and then you run backwards very quickly and turn around, and you land up on B2. 
Um, so how do you run backwards? How does that allow you to uh, to make that second jump? Well, the ghost jump, um, same thing with edge ghosts. Um, you can run momentarily right as soon as you um, hit them correctly. Um, that moment of time that you can run is about a quarter of a second, not even. Um, so you can use that to your advantage and gain momentum in a different direction if need be. And in this case, works out perfect. For, yeah. Uh, me too. Uh, but it's a uh, kind of the oh, is this the? I think this Are we changing? Yeah, I think so. Okay, here we, here go. we go. All right, two All sweaty right, so jumps. What we got? <laughs> quick little shortcut from uh, bottom to top this one. here on onslaught. Yeah, this one's nice. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, what's going on here exactly? is there's this tiny little lip that you can see me smack my head on right here, bottom mid. And just like that B1 to B2 jump on Guardian that we are accidentally shown, um, you can momentarily uh, run off of it. So you smack your head where the flat and the curved surface meet on the wall, and you create that moment in time where you can momentarily run and jump. So you smack it, you run towards top mid um, and jump, and you hold crouch to clear your landing, and you eventually make your way up there. It doesn't look complex from the video, though. How hard would you say it is out of 10? Like, would you hit it every time? No, I would say it's, a, you know, if you don't have practice with it, at first it's probably a good 7 out of 10 as far uh -huh. as difficulty. The lip that you're hitting is, is extremely small, so it's hard to pinpoint exactly when you should jump um, to smack that curve just right. Right. Um, but once you get the timing down, um, it, it becomes more of like a 2 or 3 out of 10. Mm. Um, but extremely useful. Extremely useful. I've been meaning to try to get a clip in, in hardcore with this um, to show you guys, but I wasn't able to get around to doing that. But I will be posting a full-on tutorial of this tomorrow. Um, I haven't I haven't posted a individual jump tutorial in a while, so this will be the first one. Yeah. Um, so after a long tutorial hiatus, uh, this will be the first one in a while. Awesome. So, Good to have. And and that's also why I asked about kind of the difficulty of it, because if you look at that jump, that is so practical for competitive play. It's quick to, to launch, and then it gets you up to top mid, which is a great power position to be in. So just mm -hmm. the fact that you can execute it so quickly, if you can get it down consistently, that's that's a clear advantage in competitive play and perfect example of a sweaty jump. So yeah. looking forward to the full tutorial on that. And then, of course, that means that there's so many different locations that people can can join the trick jumping community, be a part of this and learn these tutorials themselves. So let us know where to find you, Maddie. Or not <laughs> John, clearly me. John, I'm sorry, yes, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, all my handles are at MCC Trick Jumps. So Twitter.com slash MCC Trick Jumps, YouTube.com slash MCC Trick Jumps. Um, I also have a Discord server uh, completely dedicated to the trick jumping community. So if you want to meet other OG trick jumpers like myself, um, as well as new, um, new noobs that are into the uh, trick jumping scene that just want to learn, you can meet up, talk, and... Um, request tutorials we have a challenge system just a really cool place and i will be posting links to that server um, on twitch and on mixer after my segment is over awesome so. awesome well there you guys go there's a, a group uh, for trick jumping for all of this and this is great prep work going on into halo reach and the future halo titles to just build your skills in trick jumping so thank you so much clearly for joining me once again with the trick jump we had two of them this time <laughs> and uh and looking forward to seeing what you have next week man yeah, thank you. And uh, Tony, if you can hear me, I apologize. <laughs> hey, you guys take it easy. No problem, dude. All right, that closes our news and our trick jump for the week, and I'm excited to bring on our Halo lore expert, Hidden Xperia. How's it going, dude? Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm pretty good myself.
Man, so nice to have you on. Like, I just, I know you're, you're just this massive Halo fan. I spent the entire day going through your videos on Halo lore, and I've learned so much I didn't know about Halo. It was incredible, <laughs> and I'm excited to talk about it. But, but how, did, how have you been, man? Like, I know we have MCC, PC, we have Halo Infinite. We're kind of playing a waiting game, but there's a lot of like new food for thought stuff to talk about. Are you excited about it all? Absolutely. Like after three years of, I mean, Halo Five wasn't really my cup of tea. So after three years of sort of like just waiting. Yeah, oh, it feels so good to finally get something like getting the Reach PC stuff and then the Infinite stuff. It's like, oh, feels good. Yeah. Feels very good. Yeah, and I, I know they just had the flighting test for for Reach, but unfortunately you missed out. But it's not that <laughs> unfortunate though, because you were in Japan at the same time. We've got an yeah. image here. You're on Mount Fuji instead of uh, instead of playing MCC PC. <laughs> what, what were you doing in Japan? This sounds awesome, man. Tell me about this. Uh, it was literally just a holiday. Um, I went with my uncle. We've been we've been meaning to go for like five years now um we were going to go originally in 2014 and then it didn't didn't happen so a few months ago he he says to me like you want to just like want to go this year and i was like hell yeah let's do it and we just we booked it like two months ago um i've wanted to go there for a long time so it was great to finally get there the place was unreal (laughs) genuinely unreal so you'd never been to japan before that nope furthest east i've ever been before that was like greece cyprus like that was that that was the furthest east that I'd ever been by a long shot. Right, right. So so much more to explore. But um, yeah. did you go to? And I'm I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation of this. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ak- Akiyabara. 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 Okay. Yeah. Did you go there? Because <laughs> yep. it was I went there and it was amazing, dude. That was like my my nerd utopia. Like, it was it was nuts. Um, we were only there for like two hours. We didn't have long there because it was the last day. Oh, um, two hours, dude. I spent like days there. That was amazing. Oh, <laughs> I could have done. Like, that's the thing. I could have done. Um, yeah. I saw the Gundam Cafe and the queue yes. was like across the entire block to get in. Yeah. Um, went in a bunch of anime stores, saw some strange things <laughs> in the anime stores. Oh, um, yeah. Lots of, uh, lots of posters. Let's just, let's just phrase it like that. Lots of posters on the walls. Um, in the anime stores um just wandered around in general honestly and going from like ginza to shibuya and then to akihabara it's so different like it is unbelievably different to the other districts it's crazy yeah just a unbelievable city i I wish i could go back but you you didn't go into detail about those uh buildings there i'm not afraid to though but uh but so (laughs) akihabara Akia Akiabara, for those who don't know, I'm, I'm not even going to say that name again, but um, it, it's just this this beautiful electronic district of Tokyo, and all the buildings are covered in these massive anime posters, and you have buildings that are just like stories of of anime, like novels and models and, and electronics and GameCube controllers. I'm a huge Melee fan, so I bought like four yeah. GameCube controllers. <laughs> um, and then the bottom floor, the bottom floor is usually hentai. <laughs> is that what you meant to say? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Uh, which is like some, some R-rated stuff in the bottom floor. You go downstairs, <laughs> you can experience all that, and then you go upstairs and you get all these like these models and and posters. And it, it's just like I said, nerd utopia. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's so, crazy. Yeah. It's so nice there. Yeah. So really worth on uh, worth skipping the the first flight for the uh, for MCC. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I did a little more scrolling through your uh, your Twitter, and you've got some really dedicated fans as well, man. You've got this one fan who has a tattoo that he says was inspired by your logo. Guys, check this out. Man, how does it feel getting something like that on your Twitter feed? Unreal, because the tattoo looks absolutely sick. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jeez. it's not like not just the fact that it was inspired by my logo, but the tattoo looks so sick. The fact that it looks so cool and it was inspired by my logo is 
I, I, it's, an, it's unreal. I like, I genuinely can't, like, I, I can't, I can't even come up with words for it. It's, it's no, it's the fact that like, if you told me eight years ago that it get to this point, I, I don't know what I would have said. <laughs> I wouldn't have had any words for you. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then that was your your logo there just a second ago. I, that is that inspired by the the legendary symbol. I'm assuming this is the symbol right here. How did you come up with your logo originally? I, I guess. Um. Well, I mean, I've always been a massive fan of like the elites and like their law, their culture. Like the Arbiter in Halo Two was like I I absolutely adored the Arbiter missions in Halo Two when I first played it, and he has been like one of my favorite characters ever since. And I was like, you know what? I love elites. I love energy swords. Let's combine the two and make it look cool. And Pixel Flare did exactly that. Oh, and it was Pixel Flare who did it as well? That's, yeah. that's a bit, Pixel Flare's been killing it. Just to give a quick shout out to Pixel Flare, I know he's yeah. launching a new channel with The Sims as well, but just all of his animations are, are unbelievable. Guys, you probably already know about it. It's on, on Twitter, <laughs> but go follow the man. Go follow the new YouTube channel as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's pretty incredible to see like just these fans that are, they have tattoos based on the logo. And I and I agree that like as somebody who's focusing on on Halo lore, I think that's a great logo to have, like the legendary campaign symbol. Yeah. That's that's literally it right there. It fits perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's not all you've you've been up to. You have an Area 51 haul as well. I know this is a <laughs> stupid. This is a stupid joke about Area 51, isn't it? Apparently, we've got some like viral Facebook event uh, everybody yeah. wants to storm area 51 apparently you got there first <laughs> and uh and you picked up some goodies along the way what do we have here so i uh i picked myself up a nice little uh type 52 plasma rifle uh you know it's just just like a nice little uh nice little pocket rifle but it fits fits in the pocket quite nicely but it does sure. quite a lot of damage and then of course got my uh got myself a needler as well i mean you, you can't go to an area with loads of healer weapons and not come out with a needler yeah. you just have to it looks sick. Where do you actually get those, though? Um, Area 51. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, for, for real, though, for real. Um, the, ne- <laughs> the Needler, um, I got with a limited edition of Halo 5 that came out only oh, in the really? uh, called the Pink Mist Edition. Um, so I got the Needler with that, and then the Plasma Rifle, I got around the same time. Um, it's a company called, a company called Triforce, yeah, Triforce, um, made a brute plasma rifle and a regular plasma rifle and they made only 500 of them and they're like one-to-one scale one-to-one weight everything um and i ordered it in 2014 and it ended up coming in like 2017 um but it was worth a wait because that thing like yeah genuinely feels like a real plasma rifle would (laughs) the same weight and size the same heft to it like it it gives you a whole new appreciation of marines that just run around with it it looks (laughs) sick yeah, and I guess that means that my producer Tony was way off because he said, "I'm pretty sure you could buy those at Walmart." <laughs> and I, well, guess, I guess you're not getting any of that stuff at Walmart. You said there was like 500 only. The, yeah, the plasma, that's crazy. So yeah, they made 500 yeah. plasma rifle ones, so 500 red ones and 500 blue ones. Um, and I, I had to get one. I had to. All right, all right. Well, we've got a lot to talk about today. I want to go all the way back to the beginning, but just to kind of preface this, uh, today you're an accomplished Halo YouTuber with nearly 300,000 subscribers. Guys, he's just a few thousand away. Go hit the subscribe button right now, like literally 297 or something. What are you at? You're like, you're so close. Yeah, about that, 297. Yeah, 297. Yeah, Um, and you're an expert on Halo lore, creating high-quality videos that tell stories of the Halo universe, ranging from some of its biggest unanswered questions to the history of a single piece of armor. But... It looks like there's been a long journey here, over eight years from what I can tell. So where did it all begin? How did you first get into Halo? Halo. Um, so it's a little bit of a story, kind of. Um, 
So way back when, like mid 2002, when CE came out in the UK, um, I went to Toys R Us with like my mum and one of my friends and his mum. And our parents said, you can get one game and that's it. Right. He went off and got Harry Potter and well, one of the Harry Potter <laughs> games on PS2. I remember exactly. He got one of the Harry Potter games on PS2, and then Trash. I, I was looking. Yeah, exactly, dude. Exactly. I was, I was like the only kid in the school with an Xbox, um, yeah. and I was looking through the games and I saw Halo, and I was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. Took it home, wow. played it for like six or eight hours, and literally until my eyes started to sting. I, I remember the sensation of my eyes stinging. I played it for so long, and it, like that that moment when I first started playing it, I, I knew. I had almost like a like an epiphany type thing. Like I knew this was my game. Like I knew for a fact this is my game. Literally from the day that I, the day that I got Halo CE, I wanted to work for Bungie. Um, that was like my, that was what I said throughout the all, all of like elementary school and high school until like the later years. But it playing CE for the first time in like 2002 just like without sounding cringy, legitimately shaped me as a human being. I, I'm not exaggerating. That it became like part of my persona. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's kind of worked out. Not, not to, you're not an outcast on that one, because, like, literally every single person I interview, their personality, like, who they are is shaped by their experience with Halo as a child, myself included. So, dude, you're, you know, same as all of us. <laughs> but uh, what a way to fall upon Halo. Like, most people hear about Halo, like, through a friend or they, they you know, they end up experiencing it at a friend's place, whatever it is. It's some massive success, uh, like, in advertising. You make it sound like you just picked it up in, like, a bargain bin at Toys R Us. Or, Honestly, like, it was Pretty much that. It was, like, I walked across the, the aisle of games for Xbox, yeah. literally just saw this game that I'd never heard of before in my entire wow. life, picked it up, took it home, played it. Um, I heard about Halo 2, kind of like that. Um, this is a little story as well, if you guys want to hear it. So, um, it was like late 2003, I think. We were getting our bathroom decorated, like our bathroom completely refurbished. And it turns out the painter that was doing it was a massive Halo fan. And he was like, he saw me playing Halo CE, and he was like, you know Halo 2's coming out, right? I was like, what? No, dude, no. And he brought around one of the old, old, like, Xbox Game Magazine little discs with all the game trailers on yes, it. Yes, yeah, like, with the Halo had 2. Nintendo Power, the same type of thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah like yeah. that. Um, he brought around the disc with one of the, with a Halo 2 trailer on, I'm 99% sure it was that iconic trailer where Chief jumps out of the, um, jumps out of the ship, uh, jumps out of the Defender Station, out of the Cairo. Right. With the bomb. It was that oh, one. With the bomb, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so sick. It was that one. Yeah. And I remember putting it into my Xbox, watching it, and being like, this is, this can't be real. This cannot be real. <laughs> this cannot be real. And yeah. thankfully it was. Yeah, so you became very passionate about this stuff almost immediately, as you said, like you're playing until your eyes sting or whatever. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so you already said like you'd wanted to work at, at Bungie from a very young age. So I guess how did that passion transition into you creating content? When did that start to happen? Um, well, I started making actual video content in, like, 2008, making, like, RuneScape videos with Windows Movie Maker. Yeah. Um, but with Halo, it, like, properly started in, like, 2010-ish, when I started my channel. Um, I was really into this thing in Halo 3 called HLG, which stood for Hidden League Gaming, which is basically where you get the lead and you hide. Um, yeah. But it's not just hiding, like, you get in genuine, like, it was basically trick jumping in a way. Part of the jump, part, some of the, the spots required trick jumping to get into so like you'd get the lead and then you trick jump into like some super sneaky spot and yeah. just hide there for the rest of the game and essentially like troll the rest of the team yeah. um and that's basically how i got into youtube people were posting sort of like video montages of, the, of them hiding on people and i was like this is dope i want to do this as well so wow. i bought like a, a you troll yeah pretty much dude. <laughs> since, since day one. um yeah. so i ordered like a seven dollar capture card that had the option to record either 
colour or sound, not both. <laughs> one, one or the other. Um, so I opted for colour, and that kind of kind of just started from there. Right. So speaking of the beginnings, let's go back to your very first video. So I went all the way back eight years ago to your first video. It's 14 seconds of betrayal sticky across the map. Let's check it out. Wait for it. Why are you doing this, by the way? This is just mean. <laughs> so this was actually in a game of HLG. Um, if you look at everyone else's names in the, on our team, um, they were basically like hidden something or HLG something. Um, all the service tags were like H16. Um, I was in a hiding spot, and everyone else was coming to get into it. So, and I thought, like, you know what? I'm just gonna go for a ridiculous stick, and it's not gonna happen. Yeah. And then it just hit my friend, and he was like, "I remember him in the party chat was like, wait, what?" <laughs> I just started laughing. Yeah, I, I mean, some of the one of the best things I love about going back in, uh, like, a, when you're a big YouTuber, you go back to the very first video, and you look at the comments, and Tony has a screen grab for the comments too, if we can show that. <laughs> This is always great to read. Oh, it's like, on this day, an icon was born seven years later, right? And then there's this one. It says 2K18 and still iconic. I see <laughs> iconic spaced out like that everywhere, and it's on your Twitter. What is that? What is iconic? What does that mean? So this has a story behind it as well. Um, so I don't know if you if you can remember this. 2016, 2017, there was a whole sort of, like, I'll say conversation. It was more like a constant, never-ending debate about Halo's art style, um, okay. about, like, a lot of people preferred like the Bungie art style to the one that 343 had with Halo 4 and Halo 5. Um, and essentially me and one of my good friends, Late Night Halo, who's another Halo YouTuber, right. we felt so passionate about it that we made like 30 minute long videos critiquing certain art styles. Um, I think I saw some of this, yeah. Yeah. And the first art style video that I made, um, he helped me write it because it was right in the middle of like the worst university exams that I would, I'd ever done. So I was like super stressed wow. by those. But I also wanted to work on this video. And essentially, the, the script was low quality. Um, I said iconic in it. I, I described iconic, something as iconic, like 30-something times. Um, like, there's loads of <laughs> video, like, take a shot every time he says iconic. And someone replies, like, don't do that. You'll get alcohol poisoning. Don't do it, dude. Oh, um, but, yeah, that's pretty much where it stemmed from. Uh, and, like, people started commenting, like, iconic, iconic, iconic. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to run with this. I'm going to make this sort of like a... Like a meme, or like a, a serious meme of the channel that is like almost not like a catchphrase in a yeah. way. Because um, especially at the time, it described a lot of the content that I was making pretty well. Like I was making a lot of content because, like I said before, I wasn't the biggest fan of Halo 5. I was, so I was making like a lot of sort of classically themed content about like Halo yeah. 3, Halo 2 and all that. And, and the fact fit... that that was iconic in comparison. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. That's, that's the thing. It fit it perfectly. So I was like, you know what? Let's roll with this. Let's see what we can do with this. Yeah, and that became your brand, basically. And that's what I love is, like, these stories where people's brands come out of, like, completely accidental scenarios. Like, you made a mistake, or, you're, like you said, you said iconic a million times in a show, and then you just play into it. And then we have your merch link here as well. You can see your merch is iconic on, on the shirt right there. Is that Japanese characters as well? It is. Tell me about this a bit. Iconic written in Japanese. So um, I'm into, like, a lot of, a lot of streetwear um, type stuff, like yeah. Supreme, um, Bape, and all that. And... I sort of like style my designs off that in a way, kind of like, like in a way, like, you know how um, Nade Shot design is 100 Thieves merch. Sure. I sort of take that approach with it. Like, I want to, I want to design merch that's Halo based. Absolutely. But I want it to be something that I like, I wear Halo shirts like a lot, but like, I want it to be something that I would legit like wear in like a good outfit. And I try yeah. and design it like me, I, I try and fill both like roles. So it's like a Halo shirt, but it's one that you would like, where with like a good outfit kind of thing. So yeah. uh, that's kind of where that came from. 
which is the best way to go. Like, like make something that people would actually enjoy wearing that looks good, stylish on the street. And then it also showcases your brand and, and what you mean for your channel. So yeah, I think you nailed that with the, with the look that you got there. Um, and so I, I went back in your videos a little more. I tried to find the first ever commentary from you as well. And we talked before the episode, apparently this isn't actually your commentary, but we'll play it anyway. This is one of your first videos. This is uh, how a tutorial on how to fly the Pelican or Phantom in Halo Reach. Tony, play what we have in the audio and then we'll chat. We are now going to get in a Falcon or, or Pelican even on campaign of Halo Reach. Mission New Alexandria. Got to get to the point on which you've got to defend Cat. Don't know why. Why would anyone want to? But there you go. There's this She's building next to Club uh, Iraq. Iraq. Okay, yeah, our mics are back. So yeah, you tell me about it. Yeah. So yeah, it, like, so, ha, this is like an elaborate process too. It seems. Yeah, it was this Easter egg that um, I can't remember who found it. It might have been a guy called CM Nia who was like an old, like really popular, like Halo glitching in Easter egg channel. But um, it's this Easter egg where basically you can turn either a Banshee or a Falcon um, on the mission New Alexandria in Reach into a Pelican or a Phantom. Uh, and basically, what you have to do is you have to fly around New, New Alexandria around the city. Mm -hmm. um, and on like a bunch of, underneath a bunch of the roofs of the skyscrapers, there's these little switches. Um, I also think you have to be a legendary for this as well. I'm pretty sure this is a legendary too. Um, and basically, have the vehicle, this right here, this looks tough. It's actually quite it difficult. Yeah, yeah, like you have to jump on top, avoid the propeller blades, and then hit the switch. And there's like two or three of them. And then you'll see in a minute if we get to there. Um, there's this massive sort of like archway that looks like one of those Dyson bladeless fans. Um, like a massive version of one of those. Um, yeah. You have to go and fly either a falcon through that to get a pelican or a banshee through it to get a phantom, basically. Um, and it was just really cool because obviously people had wanted to like fly pelicans and phantoms for God knows how long, like de literally yeah. over a decade. And this is the first way to like legitimately do that. And I remember like back in the day when this Easter egg was found, everyone was clamoring to do it. Like, hey, you can see me trying to get a banshee to get a phantom. Yeah. But when you're actually in the vehicle, it's not like, so you can control it, but you can't run into any of the buildings or something. There's like a lot of rules. You can't get out of it. Yeah. You can't um, fly into buildings. People can get picked up, but you, yeah, you can't get out or something. Yeah, they don't. I think it was the, uh, the Phantom doesn't have any collision whatsoever. So you can fly straight through buildings. And I don't think the Pelican does either. And I also remember that the Pelican, if you stop, the nose just starts to dip like vertically. So it's like, <laughs> It's not exactly the most polished thing, but... Uh, right, it can't yeah. climb, right? Can't yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. It can't climb, so it's on like a never-ending yeah. descent. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool Easter egg, though. Really so, cool some, Easter egg. Some humble beginnings here, as you guys can see, has come, along to, come a long way. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, scrolling through your YouTube some more, I, uh, I found that you, you've had so many videos, you're doing this for years, uh, and a couple videos would kind of gain some traction, but nothing would really pop off. Uh, what was the channel like for you in this earlier stage? Was it kind of just like a hobby on the side? Did you have big goals you wanted to achieve? Did you ever expect it to blow up like it has today? It was, um, God, thinking back to it back then, I, I have no idea what I was doing. I was, I, don't, I genuinely can't remember if I was trying to like get it to blow up or anything. Like obviously yeah. I wanted it to, but I, I don't, I honestly can't remember if I was actively trying to. I was just sort of posting what I wanted to. Um, like you will have seen when you went back, there was quite a lot of Call of Duty zombie stuff on there yeah, as well. Yeah, other video, other games um, and stuff, yeah. 
Yeah, there was like a little bit of Minecraft, which is something that's a very embarrassing set of videos. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, they're, they're staying there, they're being preserved, they're going nowhere. You've never um, removed a single video, have you? Do you have everything there? Uh, there's some that I removed because they were copyright. Okay. Yeah, oh, okay, I had okay, okay. a few of the HLG ones um, that I had from ages ago had like really bad copyright music in them. Um, yeah. I used like a bunch of like, I used some Breaking Benjamin in some of them. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, some of a Scottish band called Biffy Clyro, and they were all like copyrighted to hell. Um, right, right. So I basically had to get rid of them all. Um, but most of the stuff is still there. Most of it's still there. Yeah. So I tried to find the point where you really started to like lift off and your channel started to boom. Um, and it seems like from what I was able to gather here that it started to lift off between the release of Halo 4 and Halo 5. You made this video series called The Story of Blue Team. The first one was on Frederick, and we'll play that up in the background. And then you released the other characters on Blue Team as well, and all these videos did really well. Um, was this like a point where you noticed a shift in the direction of your channel? Did something click? Uh, if not, when did that really start to happen? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, funny thing is, oh, there's the old intro and the old logo. Nice. <laughs> that was literally just ripped straight from a band. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I towards like the, the midpoint of Halo 4, I actually quit YouTube. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Yeah, because Halo 4's views were, like, no bueno. Um, like, no one was pulling any views. It was kind of like, it felt like a lost cause. So I I moved away from Halo for a bit. I, I stopped uploading to YouTube. I focused on school. And then towards the end of, um, like, my last year of school, before I went to university, I was like, I need, I need to get back into this. So I got back into it. And instead of just, like, posting anything, like, that I was playing, like I used to, I was like, right, I'm going to come back. I'm going to make just Halo content. I'm going to start off with lore stuff and see what happens. See if, if it works well, then I'll stick with it. If it doesn't, then I'll maybe try, like, multiplayer or something um, or customs. But I'll start off with, like, lore stuff because, I mean, I've been reading the book since 2004, 2005. Um, I've been a huge fan of the story since day one. Um, it, it, was, it was fitting. Uh, it was really fitting. Yeah. So I did that. Um, and, I mean... People enjoyed the videos. It was in the run-up to Halo 5, and a lot of sort of casual fans, sort of casual fans, were starting to hear about Blue Team, and were starting to hear people say that, like, these are characters that have got huge histories in the lore. So right. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a whole series of videos about these characters, about the history, about, like, their life and everything, about why they're such cool characters, and people enjoyed them. They were the first videos that I'd had since 2011 to, like, really, really do well. But these yeah. ones are... I put a lot of time into those videos. I mean, looking back, they're quite frankly trash <laughs> compared to like how I should compare to like my standards. That's probably how you see it, considering how much, yeah, like over years of improvement, you look back at your old videos and you're like, oh god, this is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, oh, the, the commentary is awful. The commentary is embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, to me now at least it is. But right, like, right. they they got the job done. They people enjoyed them. They got a lot of views. They got traction to my channel. They got people watching my other stuff. So right. I mean, I'm. Not gonna knock them at the end of the day. It did. They did exactly what they needed to do, and I enjoyed making them. So win-win. So, yeah. Did that kind of give you the the outlet? Like you're like, oh, like lore is what people really seem to enjoy for me. So now I'm just gonna make more lore related videos. I think you had like a history yeah. of like the assault rifle or something that came shortly <laughs> after. Yeah. Um. The the sequel to that video is coming out any time now. I've been saying that for four oh, years. Oh, you have a sequel any, for that? <laughs> yeah. I wrote the script in the plane and never I never finished it. One of these days. Um. <laughs> but yeah. Um. It sort of gave me an outlet to carry on making videos like that because when I started making those, I had no idea like if people because if people were gonna enjoy them or not because 
There was another channel that I was quite a big fan of called Halo Cannon, who made really good videos like that. And I was like, right, I'm going to come in and I'm going to make slightly more casualized versions of those videos. Sure. Um, and I mean, it worked. So yeah. it did what it needed to do. And then something I forgot to include in the interview overall is just it seems like you started from a very young age for this. Like, how old were you when you started? And then how did you come up with the name Hidden Xperia as well? It was 2010, so I think I was 13. Um, right. Yeah, because you're like at the end of high school, you're like you, you focused on school. And before university, you continue with the channel. So you were very young doing this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was 13, I think. Um, but yeah, about 13. Um, I mean, I've been in I've been into sort of like video creation for years. Um, I'd always. I mean, I'd always, I'd always liked like acting and stuff. And one of the sort of, one of the side plans for like a career was always like, oh, I'd love to be an actor. Like, I'd love to do acting. And okay. I mean, commentary and voice acting kind of plays into that. So I was like, you know what? Let's give it a shot. And yeah. And then yeah. where did the name Hidden Xperia come into the picture? So Hidden is from HLG. Um, Hidden right, okay. was like, a lot of people who did HLG put it, put at the start of the name. The name yeah. was either like. HLG Xperia or Hidden Xperia. And I liked Hidden. Hidden sounded cool. Um, and then Xperia was literally, people say like, oh, did you, did you have like an Xperia phone or something back then? Nope. Oh. the name out of thin air. It's a random word that I thought sounded cool out of thin air. Like 13-year-old me just thought, yeah. this sounds cool because it's got an X in it. And there you go. <laughs> that was it. Well, for, a se for a second, I thought people thought that you recorded your stuff on an Xperia phone and you saw that and were like, oh, that's a cool name. And you, you made it your <laughs> it name. Uh, on like so you just got it out of thin air. You're saying, OK, yeah. that's cool, man. Yeah, it caught on. It, I, it works for the channel, of course. Um, so this kind of like launched into your own unique specialization. You're telling stories on the history of literally anything and everything in the Halo universe. And it's damn interesting. For example, uh, you had this video and it, it basically explains what it feels like to be infected by the flood. And we're going to play it up in the background. And this is actually crazy, guys. Like, being infected by the flood is creepy as, uh, I want to say AF, but <laughs> I don't know if I just <laughs> drop F-bombs. But it's creepy, man. It's more than just, like, a typical zombie virus. I mean, tell me about oh, this a bit. Yeah, the, the biggest thing about it is that not only does it, is it, like, physical torture, it's also mental torture. Because yeah. when they, when you're getting infected, the, the flood essentially probed through like your memories and your like your mind, your like your mental being. Because um, basically, when you get infected, any of your memories and all of your knowledge gets assimilated into the, the flood hive mind. So, not it's not it's not like a regular zombie where your body gets assimilated into like the zombie horde. With the flood, it's literally everything. Like the more people that get infected, the more knowledge is infected and absorbed, and the more intelligent they get. So it's it's a horrifying experience. It's not only is it absolutely excruciating as you can see there from a physical standpoint yeah it's also like horrendous torture from a mental standpoint it's the worst of the worst yeah so it kind of it's almost like one of two ways you either instantly get your bones snapped and your like organs like repurposed and whatnot so you turn into the flood or they had the commander keys kind of perspective where like you're trapped and they're just harvesting your memories in your mind if you're like an important individual you got a lot of important memories and then they literally just pull everything out of your head until they're done yeah. with you and then they turn you into a you know useless minion or whatever it is like look at this the husk <laughs> the husk version too so i guess if you if you die and you're in a weak state when you're dying then you become like the the one that the exploding i should know the names yeah yeah the carrier, <laughs> the carrier form yeah the carrier so form. like yeah. if there's any any uh sort of like weak or weak like hosts or any combat forms that are quite old and like a little bit weak now and have sort of like served their purpose they yeah. can also morph into sort of pseudo-carrier forms and have infection forms grow in the back. So, like, 
they're like bulging out the back and they pop. It's they're full of nasty, dude. Like they are. They take the they take the zombie. Like this is why I love them. I've always loved like anything zombie related. Um, yeah. like any movies, games, anything. Uh, and like I love the foot so much because it's like everything you know about a zombie multiplied by like three billion. It's yeah, it's so cool. And it seems like just from what I gather from your videos, there's a chance we could see flood in the next Halo as well. We don't we don't know. We got fingers crossed. Fingers uh, crossed. Yeah, and that's exactly why I've got you here, because we're going to go through the Halo Infinite Discover Hope trailer. I know you did a huge breakdown on this. You got a 25-minute breakdown. Guys, if you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. You can you can make sure to hit the subscribe button as well and get this guy up to 300,000. But, um, but I do want to break down every little bit of it. We're going to do it here as well, so basically kind of just running through it again. Yeah. Uh, you have uncovered details in this trailer that I had never known would have existed, like <laughs> way more information than you would have thought. Most people are like, they see the trailer – and they're immediately kind of dis disappointed because there's no gameplay. I know everybody wanted gameplay, and you really just get like another teaser. You see a bit of Chief, yeah. you see the broken Halo ring, and it's like, oh, this is cool, but I don't, you know, I'm not gaining anything from this. Meanwhile, for you, you're like, your reaction opening the video, you're so excited about it. You're like, this trailer is amazing. And you break down all these details over 25 minutes, and then I'm excited. I'm like, damn, this this sounds like a, a pretty awesome trailer. So let's let's kick it off. It's gonna play in the background. And I have different timestamps that I'm going to try to pull up to, like, still so we can kind of move the conversation forward. But let's just start with the opening here, uh, Tony, that you can showcase. Um, so the opening here just showcases our Pelican pilot. Uh, what was that? <laughs> I was, uh, so when when the trailer came out, with the bit where the pilot wiped the fog off the oh, screen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone was green screening it, and that's the intro to Skyrim. Finally, you're awake. Yes. <laughs> the same people were doing so many funny ones. And I was like, you know what? Like, all my, all my infinite videos about this trailer, I'm going to put a meme at the start of the video and credit someone for it, because there were so many good ones that yeah. I couldn't afford to miss. Um, so many good ones. I saw one from you recently where he wipes the screen and it's Master Chief right there, and he's like, boo, <laughs> and he scares him. <laughs> that, honestly, I think that was the best one. The one from Halo yeah. 2 is like, boo, and, and the, the pilot falls off, and they're just the theme song plays so loud. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. So at the start of the trailer, we've got this new character we don't know much about. You've been calling him Dustin Echoes. I think this is like a long-running joke. What the heck is Dustin Echoes? Can you tell me about that? So at the end of Halo Combat Evolved, way back, um, there's a bit where, right at the end, where Chief and Cortana are on that ship, the Longsword, and they think that no one survived. Like, that, the Halo is destroyed, but everyone is dead. They're the last humans alive. And Cortana says, there's nothing left. It's just dust and echoes. But the way she says it, sounds like, there's nothing left. Just dust and echoes. Like, right. this mysterious guy with, with dust and echoes that's, like, out there surviving somehow in right. the middle of space. And it's been, honestly, I think it's been a meme since, like, 2001. It's like the longest running Halo meme. Um, so everyone is like, you know what? This guy is a, is a, like a pilot or like a marine or something stranded out in space. Let's call him Dustin Echoes until we know his real name. <laughs> what do we actually know about this guy so far? Not too much. He's got a troubled past. Is there, there anything yeah. kind of green for we, him? We know that he has a family. Um, yeah. And that's about it. <laughs> that's, uh, we, know that, we know that for now, at least, his name is The Pilot. I mean, I'm assuming they'll reveal his actual name at some point. But... For now, that's all we know. Um, he's got a family that he misses. Uh, when you when you watch the bit with the family, um, you can see his beard grow and the camera turns around. So he's right. been stranded for like quite a while. I, yeah. I actually ba based off my own beard growth. Um, <laughs> I, I state I stated that like he's probably been there for like maybe two months, maybe like a month. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I, I had to have like some sort of 
sort of point to, to base it off. Some reference yeah. point, yeah, some reference point. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, based off my own beard growth, he's probably been there for like two months. Um, yeah. That's 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 it. That's literally all we know about this guy. Um, pretty good intro for his character, though. I'm already loving the guy. Yeah, that was another big part was you, you said you just love the character. Like, he's kind of very dynamic. You see a lot of sides of his personality just in this short little uh, intro in the trailer. We don't see a lot of that. Like you were saying, just opposed against uh, Halo 5, everything's very, like, military and professional. And, and, you know, there's not too much of a dynamic in personality. But we get a lot from this guy. Like, he's very excited to see the Chief get powered up. And, uh, yeah, so so really kind of cool intro to this character already. Uh, the first timestamp I have, though, as far as uh, the conversation here is 329. Let's go to that, Tony. We can grab our first uh, timestamp screen grab. Right. Wait a second. Ah, Bam. Right ah, here. So this is our confirmation that this is Zeta Halo. So I'm going to do a little spiel here. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's a series of Halo rings. These rings are weapons of mass destruction made by the Forerunners to wipe out the Flood, but they don't just wipe out the Flood directly. They are designed to wipe out every living thing in the galaxy, and in doing so, removing the Flood as well. So what is Zeta Halo? Is there something important about Zeta Halo in comparison to others? Massively. Um, so, like a long time ago, over 100,000 years ago in the Halo universe, um, when the Forerunners were like at the, the peak of their existence, they were like essentially rulers of the galaxy, um, the Flood pretty much wiped them out. I mean, the foreigners wiped themselves and the flood out with the halos, but the flood were, like, the strongest they'd ever been. Um, mm -hmm. They consumed, like, the entire, like, entire galaxies. They consumed entire species. And it, it was basically, like, they were as close to consuming the entirety of reality as they were ever going to get. Mm -hmm. um, and during this time, basically, the foreigners created this AI called Mendicant Bias that was designed specifically to control the foreigner, like, spaceship fleets against the flood um it was like hyper intelligent the most intelligent ai to ever exist like right. so intelligent that it had like its own sort of category of ai created specifically for it called contender class um okay. and like long story short the mendicant bias ends up getting corrupted by the flood and joins the flood so in response to that the foreigners then make a guy called or an ai called offensive bias that is like i always say in the video is the sort of ying to mendicant biases yang they're right. like one, they're designed one and one on the same, but offensive bias was designed like purely to take out offensive, take out mendicant bias. I'm mixing everything up there. <laughs> yeah, and essentially um, the two like wore it out. Um, although mendicant bias like outnumbers offensive bias, like I think the number is like three million ships, like ten thousand. Offensive bias still wins, and then wow. the end like it, it basically wins and holds off. It holds the flood off for long enough. Uh, the foreigners to fire the entire Halo array. Um, and, okay, let me get off the point. Why why this is important for Zeta Halo? For Zeta Halo, Halo. yeah, um, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, <laughs> so Zeta Halo is actually the, the location where Mendicant Bias corrupted to the Flood. Um, okay. It's also where, so the Flood are, <laughs> a lot of deep lore here. The Flood yeah, are actually <laughs> um, the corrupted version of these ancient, like, godlike creatures called the Precursors that created all life in the galaxy, like humans, elites, grunts. They created everything in the galaxy. Um, the sort of like, um, what is his name? Like eldritch creatures, kind of. Um, like really hard to sort of perceive. Um, and they essentially got wiped out by the foreigners, but then they came back and they corrupted and they corrupted into the flood. Um, and the last, the last living precursor that was also like half grave mind, um, was captured by the foreigners on Zeta Halo. And Mendicant Bias, when he was still with the foreigners, was sent to sort of like invest, like interrogate this this creature and learn like everything about the flood, how to defeat them, 
and this interrogation lasted like 43 years, I think it was, 43, yeah, 43 years. And over those 43 years, um, he got given this thing called the Logic League, which is essentially a, it, it's, it's the closest thing I can describe it as is a digital version of the flood infection. It's like, basically, you know, in the, in the Matrix, you get when, um, when a, like a virus of some sort. Kind of. It's like the red pill in the Matrix, basically. Like, you get to see, like, you right, see right, reality. Right. Um, He's given the he's given the red pill about the flood. He's given the the reality of the flood, how horrific they are, how unstoppable they are. Right. And he essentially just like ups and converts in the flood. Um and that all happens on Zeta Halo. Um there was also some other stuff on Zeta Halo with a foreigner who go like a living foreigner who goes like kind of corrupt and starts experimenting on ancient humans to, on Zeta Halo to find right. a cure for the flood. Is that um, where you got the Promethean Knights from? The experiment Sort of, Part, or no? Yeah, um, so the, the knights are, like, composed from, versions of ancient humans. From the composer, um, yes. Okay, okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got, like, a list That's of fine. shit here. That's fine. <laughs> I'm forgetting some of it now as well. It's uh, it, There's a lot to remember. Um, but, yeah, basically, um, there's this place called the Palace of Pain on um, right. on Zeta Hilo, which was a FUD research facility, like the library from CE, um, which is where all these, like, really horrific experiments went on, uh, where the... Like torture the torture ancient human ancient humans like pull out their souls essentially um like really really horrific stuff that all went on on Zeta Halo and it's all related to the flood so like there is so much like if if three four three ever wants to bring the flood back into it's the main the story yeah. there is literally a, there there could not be a better location for the game than yeah. Zeta Halo it's the peak of locations for it. They can't not know what they're doing by saying that this is on Zeta Halo. There's too much significance on Zeta Halo. So, like, that's that's kind of the beauty of just revealing that it's Zeta Halo in that trailer and then you you being able to extrapolate that for, you know, just all of this this history that's there. It's just, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. So we yeah. we might see some – we don't have any confirmation of anything, but there's a lot of reference to the Flood here, and there's some really cool, iconic, you know, iconic <laughs> – <laughs> locations like the palace of yeah. pain or whatever I, I wonder if that would ever have some sort of significance in the plot of the if, next game but if we go to zeta halo and the flood are in the game and we don't go to the palace of pain <laughs> I'm, I'm quitting halo i'm done with halo like right, it's right. too perfect of a it, it just yeah. it synergizes way too much yeah all right let's jump to our next timestamp. we have a look at the chief at five minutes here he is in his uh, beautiful form here. And I liked your explanation. You said that it was kind of like a, a combination of package armor. Let's showcase the package armor image that we have as well, um, Tony. Uh, there it is. So that's package armor. Where's that come from exactly? Uh, so that's from Halo Legends, which was like a, a series of like animated shorts. Um, and one of the short animated things in that was called The Package, which was basically a Spartan 2, a bunch of Spartan 2s raiding a Covenant ship um, to rescue Dr. Horsey. Um, and that was the armor that you had in that. And everyone thought it was kind of weird because it it, looked, it, it it was meant to be wearing Mark IV when it took place, but it wasn't really Mark IV. It was sort of like a, a weird sort of armor. Um, some people love it. Some people hate it. I personally love it. Um, yeah. And, I mean, it's it's very clearly influenced 343's design decision with Infinite, I think. Definitely. You said you weren't a huge fan of the 117, though. That seems to be consistent across the both of them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, it, it just looks a bit too, like, out there, a bit too, like, mm. like bold and screaming at you. I preferred, um, one of the things that I did really love about 343's uh, take on Chief was that he had uh, 117 in Braille on his chest plate, Ooh. which was, I loved that. I kind of wish that was back, but I'm, yeah. not, I'm like I said in the video, like, 
I'm not the biggest fan of the 117, but like, I'm, minor. I'm I, exactly. I'm not going to sit here complaining. <laughs> the yeah. armor is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, and and as far as his condition, when we meet the chief here, like he's he's alive, I guess, but he's like not active, right? His suit's yeah. like shut down in some sort of a survival mode, and you connected that to a point in Halo Three as well. You kind of uh, had some theories on on what what was going on with his armor outside when he's floating in the uh, in space. Yeah, um, it links to Halo Three and also Reach. Um, so at the start of Halo Three, when Chief falls from the key ship and he's like locked like that, and yeah, Tony, it's in the in the video there, I don't know if you're able to go back to it. It's right after they show the armor, he shows, like, the locked-up version of Halo 3. But anyway, you can continue. Yeah. yeah, and also at the the start of the final mission of Halo Reach as well, when Noble Six and Emil jump out the Pelican, they mm. they lock their armor there as well. It's basically like a, a, a system inside the Mjolnir armor that stops you from, like, shattering bones if you fall from large heights. Because right. essentially the, it damages the suit, but the suit, because it's, like, locked in place, it sponges most of the damage um, mm. of the fall. So like, my theory was that Whatever destroyed, there it is. What I, what I hope is Zeta Halo. Um, whether it was like an explosion or something, my theory was that like as that explosion went off, Chief like locked his armor, and that's yeah. why he was floating through space like in a quite a rigid position. Um, and then when the when the pilot sort of like turns it back on, it reinitiates it, turns off the armor lock, and then he's he can move around again. Okay, don't say armor lock ever again. Just. For that. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that one. That word, those two words. For a lock, and, then, and then all of the chat. You just see that, you see that blue effect. Oh, no. the armor lock effect? Are you fucking kidding? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, speaking of him uh, powering back on, if you go to 702, the timestamp. So here we have tons of really interesting information and just a couple seconds of code here. Crazy that you're able to find this. But uh, so just the, some of the info that I've, I've written down from your video is this is the armor is brand new. It's created by the materials group on the 10th of February in 2559, which is three months after the events of Halo 5. And then later modified by Halsey, September 19th, 2561, which is actually over a year following the Halo Infinite trailer that we received last year. So the teaser that we got last year of this, the world Halo Infinite, this is over a year after that there was a modification to this armor. So there's a bit of a, a timeline. It's Gen 3 as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is actually really interesting. I do want to say real quick, um, I didn't find many of these details. It was a bunch of, like, really great guys in the Halo Law community that found them, like, Halo okay. Cannon, um, CIA 391, who runs Halopedia, or helps run it, and a bunch of other guys. But, um, yeah, there's some really cool stuff in there. So, like like you just said, um, the armor was created about roughly three months after the end of Halo 5, um, roughly here or there, um, which is interesting because, obviously, a lot happens in that time period. And then even... Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Beard like oh, I held beard in three months. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, the the more interesting thing is that there's clearly been a lot happen because. Oh, there you go. Masters um, found the original date from the original trailer, um, which was May 2560. So, considering his armor or his BIOS in his armor that we're looking at there was modified in, I think it was September 2561. That's like almost a year and a half after the original Infinite trailer that Chief got another modification to his armor. So, like, there's a lot that's happened here. Like, a right. significant amount has happened between Halo 5 and this. I mean, I think that's pretty evident from the rest of the trailer, but this just, like, just sums it up perfectly. Yeah, really interesting. There's a time gap there. A lot that's going to be need, like needs to be explained as well. And what we what we know is apparently this trailer is the opening cinematic to the next Halo game. So 
they're going to yeah. have to find some interesting way, I guess, to explain it around that. We'll see how that works. Um, but then the next timestamp I have is 820, and we could jump to that. It, uh, you identified, or maybe I'm, I'm not sure what you did or, or your uh, you <laughs> little team here, but yeah. uh, system peril distributed reflex. Uh, it's a SPDR. Yeah which is a reference to something called I Love Bees, an old campaign from <laughs> Halo 2. What is what is that? I have no idea what I Love Bees is, so start there. Yeah, so um, it was it was CIA 391 of Halopedia who found this and let me know, because okay. I, I would not have like noticed that, like, right. never in a million years. Um, so, yeah, basically, the only time SPDR has ever been mentioned before, ever, in Halo, is in the Halo 2 viral marketing campaign in 2004, that was like probably the weirdest piece of Halo lore like out there. It's based in like the modern day and also like in the future. It's really really weird. It involved people like pretending to pretend to be like foreign like cult worshippers in Times Square what? in New York. Dude, it's strange. Like the, the Bungie had this thing where they had people go like Times Square in New York, um, middle of the day when it was like super busy, and hold these massive placards about like the ancients and with like loads of foreigner glyphs on them. And they're basically like foreigner cult worshippers. And it's like chanting about like foreigners and stuff. It was weird. I had people like traveling across the country to go to like cell phone booths in like random back alleys to answer phone calls from like ancient <laughs> or like UNSC and only operatives from the future. It was weird. Like really, really, really weird. Dude. Which is why like I was in the video, like, I'm genuinely just blown away that of all the things, like if if you would ask me before the trailer, if I if I could like guess one thing that would absolutely not ever right. in a billion years be mentioned in a Halo Infinite trailer, it would have been SPDR. <laughs> and the Mad Men went and did it. Like, it's, yeah. the fact that that was referenced is nuts. Mm. But what it is, um, it's basically, it's sort of like a, from what I can gather, it's like a code or like a, like a script that is used to heal or repair AIs that can't repair themselves. Right. So if they're like internal repair systems are damaged or something, then you use SPDR to then heal them, which, I mean, with Halo 5's story leading into Infinite, has some pretty pretty clear implications. It's perfect, yeah. I mean, Cortana is kind of the, the big focal point here. She was rampant. She's, the the I guess, the main enemy in Halo 5. Yeah. I didn't follow too much of the Halo 5 story, but as far as this uh, SPDR, yeah, as far as uh, <laughs> SPDR goes, I guess this is some sort of an initiative to repair her AI. Does that mean that that's within his system? So she would have to... You got to get her on a chip and put her in the in his yeah. uh, armor or something. <laughs> well, my my theory, or my theory, and also quite a lot of people's right now, the sort of running theory is that when Chief gets the help, gets the AI chip and puts it in his head, it says weapon containment device. Um, right. So my theory is that basically the device is an sort of like an SPDR trap, like I call it in the video. So the the, the AI chip has like SPDR in it. So right. if he can then get caught on it into the chip, the SPDR will then, like, cure her, and then it'll also update her to that serial number there, which is sort of like a, an updated version of Cortana. So, yeah, I'll I mean... talk about that, too. Yeah. Um, not to, yeah, not to interrupt you there, because I, I had that coming up in one second. Just one more timestamp before we get there. Uh, 1018, Tony, there's a couple more uh, little tidbits in there where you found out that they're not necessarily abilities in Halo, but there was a bunch of different acronyms. What do we got? So it's, <laughs> there's, like, yeah. system, power, and then what's LFS? And then oh, visor. Life support, life support. Life support, visor. Like, I don't know how you guys identify what these three letters would mean for each of them. <laughs> and then you've got yeah, something like um, weapon, ability, and run, and you're like, please don't be sprint or whatever. Like, 
Yeah, Halo kind of saw these and I was like, oh no, please don't be sprint. So these, I'm pretty sure these are like um, sort of elements of his BIOS. So what this screen is, is like, like with a computer, how you have a BIOS that sort of runs in the background of all the operating systems. Mm -hmm. This is, that's Chief's BIOS for his armor um, that's sort of booting up. Um, and what I think all these are, are sort of like elements of his BIOS. Um, so like the the parts of the the coding inside his armor that control his weapons, like and recoil and stuff. The parts right. that control his armor abilities if he has them. The parts that control his visor, his everything else. Um, and yeah, the three or the, yeah, the three that worried me were or the two that worried me were abilities <laughs> and run. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, abilities and run. So like Spartan abilities or armor abilities or whatever, and then run for sprint. So back out in the video, I was like, please don't be sprint. Please don't be sprint. Yeah. yeah. So we don't know what that is just yet, but really interesting that you're able to kind of, you know, you grab these like three letter acronyms and just identify that this is, you know, part of his, his system boot up. This is like, uh, you know, allowing him to do, to hold his weapons, use his weapons and whatnot. So yeah, really, uh, are very good at hiding Easter eggs. Like, yeah. they're, they're good, they're good yeah. at Easter eggs. They were hiding Xbox Live codes in there, too. I didn't really plan on talking about it too much, but I, they're, they're obviously all used by now. But within yeah. that BIOS, there's, like, Xbox Live codes in, like, Game Pass or something. Yeah, there was there like, funny. 20 or 30 Game Pass codes, like, hitting in that. Like, yeah. Like, that, like, three, I don't know, like, three Probably free. Game Pass Ultimate, too, considering, like, yeah. everybody's... Yeah, that, that would have been actually a really smart little uh, campaign there. Um, but, yeah, so the next timestamp is about the chip. So if you go to 1206, we've got the uh, serial number on the AI chip, and it's... It's C. So the original Cortana one is CTN0452-9. This new chip is CTN0453-0. Uh, so it's one step above the 452-9. So the yeah. kind of idea here is that uh, this is like an updated version of Cortana's chip designed by Halsey purely to defeat evil Cortana. And then you freaked out because you're like, this mirrors the offensive bias being created to destroy uh, mendicant bias at the end of the Forerunner Flood War. So tell me a bit about this uh, yeah. yeah, so that theory about offensive bias and mendicant bias, I I made a video three years ago about that theory, like literally mm -hmm. word for word what I said in that video. Like I, I said of like three years ago, like what if like a new AI gets created or instead Roland, who is the UNSC Infinity's AI, gets right. used as sort of like an offensive bias to match Cortana. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, you never know. It could be. I'm, I'm hoping it would because that... Given that we're on Zeta Halo and everything, like it would, the, the mirrors, like everything falls into place too well, in my opinion. It it seems that the the pieces of the puzzle seem to just slot in way too easily. This yeah. Be just the coincidence. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because there's no AI in the chip when he's got it in his hand, but then the other trailers you see, there's clearly an AI that he puts in the back of his head. So yeah. we don't really know what to do with this info yet. Like there's so, supposed to be some sort of a AI. We don't know if it's, I guess, this updated version. Uh, like you said, so a lot of speculation going around, but really cool that like all of this is present just from these yeah. little like hints in the trailer. Um, I got another timestamp here at 1424, uh, where the voiceover here says we lost, uh, lost everything. There's nothing else for us here. Uh, you had all these theories that you were crafting about how this Zeta Halo ring was destroyed. Uh, one of them was about the UNSC Infinity crash landing into it. <laughs> Tell me a bit about uh, this ring here. Yeah, um, that, uh, the theory about the Infinity crashing into it. Um... I love that theory so much because as much as I like the Infinity, it's been, in Halo's lore, it's sort of been like really overpowered and it's made, it, it's made the UNSC feel not very grounded in a sense, in a way that like in the original Halo trilogy, the UNSC were quite grounded. They were, in, I mean, in, in Halo 3, they were still using World War II bases, whereas mm -hmm. like now they've got this ship that can ram straight through a Covenant cruiser and it's like, eh, it's not very grounded. So 
if the Infinity, like, were to go down, what better way to do it to, would, would there be to do it than to literally plow into a Halo ring yeah. and, like, smash it to pieces? Like, that would be one hell of a way to send the Infinity out. Yeah. And, yeah, so for those who don't know, the UNSC Infinity is, like, their mega ship, right? It's their, yeah, their the big flagship. command center flagship. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so it's been so powerful in Halo 4 and Halo 5. By destroying it, it does put them back on the back foot. And you have a very interesting kind of dynamic coming into the next story, something that harkens back to the original trilogy, which is all more of what we want as, you know, yeah. as far as the feeling of uh, of Halo, that iconic feeling <laughs> of, uh, of classic Halo getting it back. So. Yeah, that's that's really cool too. Speaking of iconic, I got one more. It's uh, six sixteen fifty one is the final cutscene and how this mirrors the Halo One cutscene. I love that. That's beautiful, man. Talk so to me nice. about this too. I love this cutscene so much. The, the music in it is perfect. Yes. Um, Cortana's dialogue is like oh so good. Um, this honestly, I honestly think that this bit right here might be my favorite part of the entire trailer. Um, because it gives us such a hint of a story, and it also harkens back to like everything that we always loved. There was another emphasis on the on the beam emitters. Um, the people three have like made a point, and they've literally said like we're making a point about these beam emitters. And I mean, we're literally in one right now. Um, it's it's so cool. Like this this cutscene in general, seeing it mirror combat evolve like that. I, like, I'm a I'm a sucker for references when like games or movies or books reference something that happened in like an like an older one. I, for some reason, I I love it when they do that. Yeah. So seeing this is like, oh, I love it. I love it so much. It is, the, the parallel is so nice to watch. So for something that was so small and seemingly insignificant for people who don't really understand Halo lore or story, when you actually dive into it, there's a lot in this one trailer, and it says a lot. And it's kind of almost perfect in, in its in its way and its intentions right and just yeah. kind of uh, reveals what it needs to and enough for you to kind of get excited for the future i mean seeing this are you are you optimistic about uh about the future of the franchise now how do you feel about about where it's very, heading very yeah. very optimistic um my only worry that with infinite so far is that like everything that we've seen so far literally like a hundred percent of what we've got so far i'm absolutely on board with yeah the issue is we've barely had anything so what little yeah. we have had i love but like, come on, still show, us the, show yeah. us the good stuff. I'm still, I'm still extremely worried about yeah. the gameplay. Um, I'm still worried about like replayability as well because Halo Four and Halo Five had like no replayability for me. I, I'm begging for like a huge sense of replay replayability to come back. Um, and what what we've seen so far, if if what we've seen so far is going to be representative of every aspect of the game, then I am yeah. excited and venison. <laughs> Yeah, I think just the for first of all, the one thing that's like universally appreciated that people want to see is just bringing back that classic art style, the sounds, everything that made you feel the way that you felt with the classic Halo titles, and that's what they've done with the trailer. That's amazing. As far as gameplay goes, I think in the campaign side of things, that needs a major upgrade. So it's yeah. it's great to see that we we might be getting that going on in the future of Halo. The campaign, it's always been a focal point. It needs a massive upgrade. Um, so it's good that you're excited about that. As far as the multiplayer goes, up in the air. I have no idea yeah. where it's going to go. I'm I'm not too uh, like I'm I'm more optimistic and I'm just down to play kind of whatever it is. I'm not too yeah. uh, on like one side or the other. Um, but but it's great to see that the areas that are critical that need to be improved, like the look, the feel of the game, the story of the game, that's that's gaining the focus that it, it deserves. So yeah. that's very exciting. Um, and that's all the questions that I had for you, man. Honestly, uh, thank you so much. <laughs> 
Uh, what I'm going to do now is is see what the chat has to say, because we always have our Q&A with the chat. We've got some questions coming in here. Guys, remember to drop your questions. Tony will grab them, and we'll ask him uh, on the show and see what uh, Hidden Xperia thinks. Uh, the first question, Shadow Demon, 1996, are you coming to Halo Outpost Discovery Chicago? I am indeed. we been there for all three days, and I'm over the moon excited for it. I can't Let's wait. Go. I can't Let's wait. I've, uh, I've been purposely avoiding this, uh, any spoilers for it. Like, everyone was posting pictures on Twitter of, like, Orlando. Yeah. I avoided them like the plague. Like, I want to go into it as, as blind as possible and just experience everything for the first time in person. Um, I can't wait for it. From, from what I've heard, aside from the queue times, everything is really good. So I'm, I'm super excited. I can't wait. Yeah, it looks sick, man. I'm jealous. Being in uh, Toronto, Canada, I, I wish we'd just uh, come to Canada, but I, I mean, it's not that far, but I, yeah, I can't. Fingers uh, crossed in the future. Yeah, yeah. Ho- hopefully it happens. Uh, more of this stuff, you know, continues to happen. Uh, Tony Rocks, my question is, why are there not any female Covenant? Ooh. Uh, there are. There are. Are there? They're just not, just not in the games. Um, there's quite a lot of relatively important uh, female elites. Um, like there's one, her name is Paul Duran. Um, that was in a story written by Joe Staten, who wrote like all the original Halo games, came out a few years ago. Um, if you remember the shipmaster, Artas Vadum from Halo 2 and Halo 3, um, he basically got sent to hunt down like loads of prophets with this female elite, and she's like a super badass. She's a really cool character. Um, huh. There was also in Halo 5, very briefly, but there was a female elite in that, but eh, it, she, she wasn't that like, input. she was like basically, she commanded like, uh, ban- some banshees and some um, like liches and stuff in a, in aerial combat. Like she was cool, but she was she wasn't in it much. Um, yeah. As opposed to female, we've had female grins. I'm trying to remember the names. I know for a fact we've had female grins. Um, I didn't even consider female... that they're they're different genders <laughs> species. I should oh yeah, but... <laughs> female in, in the in the jackal society, females are like it's a matriarchal society. Females rule. So like Whoa, most okay. of most of the commanders on ships are ship mistresses, jackal ship mistresses. Um, yeah, it's it's a matriarchal society, so it's like flipped the other side around. It's yeah, it's cool. It's really interesting. Like that's one of the best things about Halo. Um, there's so many like weird like aspects of the species that are so different to what we experience in like most sci-fi universes. It makes it stand out really nicely. Um, yeah. As for female hunters, I can tell you because the the <laughs> hunters are like obviously individual worms and. As far as I'm aware, they don't actually have genders, I think. I can't remember exactly for hunters, but they're female jackals, they're female grunts, they're female elites. Yeah, you don't want to get on a female hunter's bad side, that's for sure. Oh, no. That sounds very scary. That's going to end bad. Yeah, but that's, it's just, it's, it just kind of like showcases how insanely large the universe is in Halo. Like there's just so many novels dedicated to it that explain all this stuff, like that all the information, like half the stuff that you were saying, I, I, I think that like, the, what was that, that elite from Halo 2 to 3? Like I, I yeah. didn't know what that was off the top, oh, he's <laughs> top got of my head. I'm like, cool... oh my God, there's tons of, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, got he's a got a super too. cool backstory, like linking to the Flood. Um, Like he's like yeah. one of the most seasoned Flood veterans in the Covenant. Um. Yeah. That's why in Halo 2, when you go to like, the flood facility, it's just like, that's that scent. I smelt it before. You're supposed to hunt him as the Arbiter? Is that the guy? No, 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 no. He's somebody uh, else. The, the, the elite with the white armor, with half his mandibles missing. Oh, um, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I remember the look at the character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has, he's like a full-on seasoned flood veteran. Um, like, really cool character. Really cool yeah. character. Um, okay, John Fight. Do you have a favorite story or book about Blue Team, like Fall of Reach or Ghost of Onyx, uh, etc.? What's your favorite, or who's your favorite Blue Team member? I love Ghost of Onyx, but 
all of reach it has to be that was the first halo book that i ever read it was the first exposure to blue team that i ever had so has to be has to be fall of reach um if I remember probably fred or linda oh something went to my eye um, yeah linda or fred um because like okay. i've i'm always been a sucker for snipers so linda is cool as hell but also fred is like fred is like the knife expert of blue team and he does some really cool stuff with knives in like the expanded universe and i love that as well but yeah, it's a toss-up between Linda and Fred. But then again, Kelly is also British or has a British accent. <laughs> I kind of have to feel right. some some level of association with her as well. But yeah, Linda or Fred. I, I found it, like, not to be offensive to any of these blue team guys, but I found it so hard to give a shit about anybody on blue team during the Halo 5 campaign. Like, they don't you, get... None of these characters get any backstory or justice. From what I saw, unless you're, like, actually spending time... No, nah, uh, you're right. <laughs> yeah. That's the annoying thing. Like, people like me have been waiting for years to see them in a game and the one chance they get is blown completely like like uh, you wouldn't like the whole thing with fred and his knives you wouldn't have any idea about that from yeah, if I, no idea no, idea. Yeah. no clue and what sucks as well is um there's actually some really cool concept art from halo 5 of fred with like the you know the hood that master chief had in that halo 5 trailer where mm. like, the, the the poncho and the hood um right, right, concept, right, yeah the concept art of fred with like the the poncho and this massive knife on his arm and it is like the Sick. coolest looking concept art i think i've yeah. ever seen in halo but it just didn't make it into the game for whatever reason and i mean i can imagine it's very hard to tell all those stories in a video game as well though like i can kind of understand when you include so many characters like you have blue team and then you have the other team with uh osiris and or Locke yeah. or whatever uh yeah. <laughs> yeah and then it's like how how do you explain you know the backstories of all like eight individuals and master chief so i know even with the next game the focus is chief so that even there it's going to be hard to give more backstory to these new included characters like you we just yeah. want more chief for the most part and that's the easier one to, to grasp onto but that's the issue with halo 5 i think i worked out a few years ago halo 5 had like 14 main characters like <laughs> right there's so many it? new characters in a game with 15 missions, you cannot possibly ever expect to flesh out 14 characters. Like, you, you can't do that. They, they've bit off a lot more than they could chew with Halo 5, yeah. I think. All right. Well, Alex says, uh, why doesn't Hidden Xperia stream on Twitch.tv? <laughs> I do, just very sporadically. Um, uh. I want to get back into it more, though, because, um, like, obviously I play a lot of games. I don't just play Halo. I play a lot of games outside of Halo. Um and I love streaming. Um, as tiring as I find it sometimes, I love it. Um, yeah. For some reason, the streaming makes me really sleepy. I don't know why. Um, but I love doing it anyway. Uh, but I, obviously, I can't stream any of these games on my channel because it's just Halo. And I don't want to, like, not scare people off. But you, you know what I mean? I don't want to, like, right, I understand. people think that I'm posting other stuff now. Um, right. So, yeah, I need to get back into it soon. Um, I actually, last week, had a talk with somebody who was like, you need to go full into Twitch alongside YouTube. And I was like, you know what? I do. So yeah, what? Watch this face. Watch this face. Yeah, yeah, I can see that too. And I, I mean, like you, you do just the voiceover commentary for the most part. But man, you've got a great personality on this show here. Like I can see you <laughs> on like a green screen or a webcam, and you'll just talk. Like they'll just ask you questions, and you'll go. I, I can imagine that would make you tired, though. It's the combination of like gaming, focusing, trying to play well, and then answering questions at the same time. Like it does take a lot out of you after a few hours. But it does. Yeah, yeah. you should get into it. Like for sure. I, I mean, I've done Twitch quite a few times before, and I love it. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'm not doing it. <laughs> uh, so we have Save Case Slayer. Uh, have you read all of the official books and comics? Nope, I have not because it's near impossible to, to catch up. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> to read. Um, yeah. the, the, a lot of the recent ones I haven't read because 
like I'm I'm a really slow reader, um, like really slow. Um, and it's like, I I try that, but then like I audiobooks, like I can't concentrate properly. I enjoy reading. I'm just a super slow reader. Um, so like I, I the last one I finished was Bad Blood. Um, the one that followed on from New Blood with like Book and Alpha Nine from ODST. Um, anything before that, I've read about half of Retribution. I think it was Retribution, the one that. I won't spoil it, but brought back a fan favorite character who's not been in Halo for quite a while. Um, <laughs> brought him okay. back. I read about half of that, but and also I read Halo Envoy a few years ago as well. But um, comics, I I think I am actually with comics. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with it with comics, yeah. but not not books because it's it's like even as someone like me who does it full time, it's difficult. Like it's it's hard to keep yeah. up. Um, yeah, at some point. At some point, I'm going to catch up. Like, I keep saying to myself, I'm going to catch up. I'm going to, like, grind through them all. But, like, like, I said to you before the show, I've recently been rereading a lot of the old right. ones. But, like, right. like I've been rereading Contact Harvest recently, which is, like, the introduction to Sergeant Johnson, basically. It's, like, the backstory of Johnson. Oh, nice. um, the last time I read that book was probably 2008. And I'd forgotten, like, aside from sort of, like, the general, the general parts of the story, I'd forgotten, like, pretty much all the details. So I'm rereading that to sort of, like, jog my memory. Um, I want to reread Fall of Reach as well, which is the first one ever. Because right. um, again, I've, I, I remember like the general details and like the ending, but the other stuff I just can't remember. Because God, I read that book in like 2004. I was like, yeah, God, fifth, I was like seven or eight when I read that book. So I, I need to jog my memory a little bit. Fall of Reach was the only book I attempted to read, and I got through about <laughs> half of it. And I still remember the half that I read, though, because it was all about the, the experimentation process and the training program that they had to go through. And that was actually really interesting. Like, it, yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I remember they would describe in detail. He was in like a boxing ring at some point or something. And people tried to fight <laughs> him. Issues. And he had newly like he had like his newly discovered powers and he just destroyed everything. Like, he beat the shit out of them. And they like they it, had explained it in detail about like breaking their bones and shit. And, like, <laughs> he literally, like, he literally kills, literally kills well, through ODSTs. Yeah, I think he kills. Yeah, so it's like. Yeah, some crazy stuff, but uh, but really, really interesting origin story. And of course, you explain that in your videos as well. Just what the process they go through. And I I saw it was one of your better videos. Was the uh, the creepiest stories in Halo lore. And I think it was one of the yeah. first stories was uh, was just kind of the experience that the the Spartans had to go through, being pulled from their homes, replaced with clones that then die a couple of years later. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. And it's, then they get like put through tests and stuff. It's it's rough. The whole thing's like crazy. Like when Fall of Reach came out, like that came out. I think it was six or seven months before Halo Combat evolved. Um, so like it came out before the game even came out. So when people read that and then played the game, That's like they, they saw the badass like perception of Chief, but they were like, damn, this guy's like he's a child soldier. Yeah. He's a child soldier. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, Searing Blaze eighty eight. What are the features that Halo Infinite needs to have at launch? At launch, um, literally everything. <laughs> Halo three and right. Yeah, everything that Halo Reach had at launch um, with Halo 3, with a ranking system that isn't Reach's, please. Um, <laughs> pretty much everything that that, that game had at launch, and then more. Because um, since then, it's just been regression after regression, and like we can't do that again. Like, Infinite Infinite has a real shot at, like, propelling yeah. Halo back to... I'm not going to... I do think it could hit Halo 3 numbers again, but I'm not going to, like, oversell it or anything or, like, overhype myself. Halo could get really big again with Infinite. With with MCC on PC leading up to it and Infinite, yeah. it could get really big again. And the key to that is absolutely nailing the launch. The launch has to be perfect. Like, yeah. I, it, 
I'm asking a lot, but it has to be literally perfect. Like, if the launch for that game has everything in it that people want, Forge, Customs Theatre, Campaign, Campaign Theatre, um, full armor customization, little to no microtransactions, which is asking a lot nowadays, but I'm sure. still going to ask for it. Um, you, you can do them in a good way, though. There's a, a positive yeah. way to include it that also feeds into the esports side and helps grow the game. And, and yeah, so there's a good way to, to do it. And they've kind of set a decent precedent with Halo 5, and they could just kind of refine that, hopefully, and have something good to, for Infinite. Yeah, they need to take the um, they need to take the Titanfall 2 approach. I mean, personally, I would actually be a massive fan if they took the Counter-Strike approach and have, like, an actual in-game economy. Like, I, I'm a sucker for CS. I've yeah. been for a while. Yeah. And, like, the, the the whole economy they've got in that with, like, some knives that are worth, like, $8,000. Like, <laughs> that's cool. That's, yeah. like, that's really, cool. really cool. Like, yeah. imagine, like, I don't know, imagine, like, a helmet in-game that was all, like, maybe a helmet's too much, like a like a BR skin that was worth, like, $3,000. Something that you, can, cool that you can wield and see, too, right? Like, yeah. not just what the enemy sees. So, yeah, usually the skin on the weapon or something. But, yeah, like you said. Yeah. Something like that. I'd love, I'd love the CS approach, honestly. Um, maybe like chill on the loot crates a little bit, but like something like the Counter Strike approach or yeah. failing that, the Titanfall two approach, and also the Gears of War five approach, which is pretty much the Titanfall two approach as well. Where you, there's no loot crates, no RNG at all. You just yeah. go to a store, you see something, you want to buy it, you buy it. That's that's it. Right. But yeah. yeah, I like that approach from Gears 5. They've they've uh, kind of figured it out. Because the, the crates in Gears 5 were a total pain in the ass. They take forever to open. It's just like I completely ignore it, and it just piles up. And I'm like, oh, like I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's one of the biggest things is just kind of the complete package that we would get from Halo 3, from Halo Reach, uh, yeah. getting that back, right? We have these expectations because it was just such an amazing, such a full game, just full of just so much amazing content. So getting that. How well we have it. Yeah, the issue is that they they want that, but at the same time, they're trying to always bring some new big mode, like this big war mode or whatever it is, and now Battle Royale is the big feature and, and you know focus for, for popular games. So how can they preserve the complete package aspect of, like, Halo 3, Halo Reach, and add their new big mode? It's a lot, a lot to kind of, you know, put into one package. Yeah, Hopefully I was going to you know, say as well, sorry, um, sorry to cut you off, I was going to say sorry, as well, as well as the complete package thing, like the complete package has to be there, but also something new, something right. like, I mean, Warzone, they had the right idea. I don't personally think the execution was particularly like there, but they had the right idea with it. Um, something like, like a battlefield type mode would be so sick, like 64 versus 64, like humans versus covenant, massive yes. armies, vehicles, infantry, like bring in like phantoms and like, Seraphs and stuff like that would be cool as hell. Something like that, like yeah. something that something that um, where to put it? Something that is super content creator easy. Like there's a reason Battlefield, right. despite the game is becoming fairly unpopular, still has a lot of big YouTubers. Like there's mm. a reason for that. Like the, if you create like a, a sandbox or like a um, like a, a mode as big as that, where content creation, are, like loads of different avenues of content creation is possible, then you're going to have a whale of a time. It's going to be super, super yeah. popular. So a full package and also something new that grabs the eyes of, like, everyone and also content creators, like, yeah. primarily. 
Yeah, last week, Sims had a great point about this. It's just grabbing the best bits of, of battle, uh, big team battle, what makes big team battle so amazing, and the things that they did right about Warzone and kind of putting them yeah. together in some sort of a big, like, war mode. And and that that would be so authentically Halo, too. Because, like, just going back, and, and if you saw the HCS Invitational when we did the big team battle showcase, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was so sick. And, like, while I'm, so I'm playing it, too, to, to be playing it was amazing, but just the whole experience of it, I'm like, damn, like, only Halo could do something like this with the vehicles and the way that they play in multiplayer and just the, the, the frantic kind of frenzy of like just everything that goes on, you know, yeah. within that. So having that, but on a grand scale would be just unbelievable. And like only that Halo is, with, the, with the universe could pull something like that off. So it's so suited for it. Like bringing the weapon, like one of the things I did a little about Warzone was the weapon and vehicle variants, bring those into it, like have those as on map pickups right. or something. Like Halo's so well suited to like a big, like a huge mode. Like, there's yeah. seamless transition to vehicles, good vehicle combat, good aerial combat, good infantry combat. It's seamless transition <laughs> to vehicles, dude. That's gonna be so sick yeah. if you're like leaving one into the other and like, like just like <laughs> see some like badass like midair sequences and shit. <laughs> like a, a banshee flies over like a falcon or something. The guy like flips in the banshee, jumps out, lands on the falcon, yes. jacks it, and then that was oh, always the coolest like thing that I wanted to do but could never land. And then you see it on YouTube and you're like, oh yes. shit, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like Halo's version of that thing in Battlefield where people fly jets into the sky, jump out, RPG another jet, and get back in and fly off. It's like Halo's version of that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. super clippable and, like, super viral content like so that. Sick, is so um, so uh, Jerry has feels. Do you, have, uh, do you think that Halo Wars 2 was vital for Infinite to return to a more classic art style? Yeah, honestly, yes, I do. Um, I think Halo Wars 2 sort of tested the water for that because... The art style for that, people say it was like 50-50 modern and 50-50 like classic. I'd say about 70-30 classic, honestly. But it was testing the waters to see how people would like... like people saying on Twitter, like, I want the classic art style back is one thing. But actually putting it in a game and seeing how the game is received is another thing. And seeing, like, the general reception to the classic art style for that game. Like, people enjoyed the game and all that. But honestly, I think one of the things that people praised the most about it was the art style. Because yeah. it was turned to like the more bungee esque classic art style, where the mi the military stuff felt genuinely like grounded, like the weaponry and the gear mostly felt like things that you kind of could see on a battlefield today, mm. and that people missed that, and that was one of the things that people loved so much about Halo Wars too. So that's a good point, and I really do think that it was vital for Infinite returning to like a, a properly classic art style or a mostly classic art style. Yeah, interesting. I didn't know that. Um... Jermaine 17, do you think that Halo Infinite could save Halo? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, it could. Um, I, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, go on. No, no, it's your question was, for you. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, it could. Like like I said earlier, what we've, what we've seen so far, granted we've seen very little, but what we've seen so far is very, very promising. Like, they're giving us everything that we asked for, but, like, more. Like the, the art style stuff, for example, like we always ask for the like classic art style back. But the one thing we never even dreamed of asking for, because we knew it would never happen, was for like a classic, classic chief armor to come back. Mm. Behold, they went the extra mile and we have a classic art style yeah. with a classic chief design. So like yeah. the, the, the everything so far is great. In my opinion, it comes down to the gameplay and the features and how it launches. I mean, like we just said, if it launches like empty and bare bones, then I don't yeah. think it'll right. bring, bring Halo back, but if it launches, like, 
even if it has like sprint and stuff, which I'm not a fan of, but if it has sprint and stuff that launches as a full package with loads of content, loads of stuff to do, loads of things to grind for, that's like <clears throat> like grindy but not too grindy. Um, sure. Like a nice, a satisfying grind, good ranking system, enjoyable campaign, replayability. Then personally, I, I mean, I might be wrong, but I think that will be golden if we get that. Yeah. Yeah, and I just think with today's gaming industry, like something can go from irrelevant to absolutely massive in just a couple of days. <laughs> like, like if the game is done right, and even if there are little mistakes, if 343 has, you know, if their new engine is positioned in such a way that they can update it or change it or fix it, just keep the experience going and the fun going, then the big players and streamers <laughs> play it and the game becomes a pop culture trend in seconds. Yeah. Like, especially because it's accessible now. The biggest, the most difficult thing for the Halo franchise's success is just the fact that it's limited to Xbox. And and Xbox One, especially if you look at all yeah. of the consoles, is the weakest of the three consoles <laughs> in, in popularity. So having it on Steam, on PC from day one, I just think like the accessibility of the titles there, the popular players, it has so much brand recognition. We know what Halo is. Everybody knows what Halo is. Just if it's done right, it will blow up so quickly. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the beautiful thing about it. So hopefully the stars align and, and that's what we get. Well, it's, uh, like you look at a bunch of games like Counter-Strike, like CSGO died in 2013. It was mm -hmm. basically dead. And then you look at it now, it's not like the king of esports. You look at like Rainbow Six Siege also died. Now it started dead. And then, yeah, and then it came it's, out of nowhere. Yeah, like for a, another Ubisoft game as well, For Honor, that died. Now it's huge again. Like no way. there's potential. It's massive. There are some what? huge YouTubers. Yeah, there were some... ten minutes of that, and I was like, I'm done with this. I can't I... even get through the tutorial. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, people it. love it now. Like they, they've Ubisoft have gone to work on that game, and like it's really? it's really popular again now. So like the the potential for games to like come out of nowhere. And, well, I mean, obviously the biggest example is Fortnite. It was like yeah. kind of dead. They released a battle royale mode, and then oh, yeah, I it was mean, dead for years. That's the that's the perfect example. It was like made for a, it was like a zombie just tower defense. That's what it was yeah. like two years or something from Epic Games. Nobody had heard of it or cared about it, and then they switch it to battle royale and just insane blows up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pikachu four oh seven. Do you think that uh, Artus V Dam will return in Infinite? Did I say that right? Artus Vadum. Artus the, the, the guy with the. Okay. Uh, Half his mandibles missing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, do I think he will do? Will he return? And yeah. Uh, maybe I. I would like. Uh, I would be over the moon. Like out of all the characters that I want to return, he's number one. Um, right. I love that character so much, so so much. Like I. I wish he'd return. Um. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Um. If the arbiters in the game, which again, fingers crossed, maybe. If not, then probably not, but uh, a man can dream. <laughs> a man can dream. Well, we got Zeta Halo, so, I mean, how how, how much uh, more? We got Zeta Halo and SPTR. <laughs> At this point, like, yeah. anything can be in the game. <laughs> anything, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, last question here. Uh, Oliver Fooder, uh, or Ford? Oliver Ford, my bad, dude. Uh, what's your favorite UNSC ship? UNSC ship. See, this is the issue. Ships are the one thing in Halo's lore that I'm, like, not that into. If I had to pick any ship, I'd go for the Pillar of Autumn. It's, like, it's just iconic. Oh, like, you can't not love the Pillar of Autumn. Yeah. As much as I, like, I like was against the Infinity earlier, the Infinity is a cool ship. The fact that it can literally plow through a Covenant Cruiser is cool. Like, yeah. I'm not going to say that isn't badass. Um, and also, I mean, like, Forden's Dawn was cool. Um, the Savannah in Reach was cool as well. Uh the Gettysburg, which is from Fall of Reach and also First Strike, which is 
which at, uh, so at one point at least was like a hybrid human covenant ship. That was really cool as well. Um, but I, I feel like I have to go with the Pillar of Autumn. I just, I just have to. I can't not say Pillar of Autumn. It's iconic. That's probably why. <laughs> it is an iconic ship. I can't, I can't disagree ship. with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's everything. That's all the questions, man. This was an awesome chat, dude. Thank you so much. I've learned so much about Halo lore from the moment I got up this morning, just watching your videos and then our conversation. I'm excited about the campaign for Halo, and I'm the multiplayer guy. So this is uh, this is amazing, dude. Uh, yeah. Thank thank you so much for coming on. Where can we find you? Where's all the places we're gonna find you? Uh, yeah, it's twitch.tv slash hidden Xperia for the like when I eventually stream again. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube, Hidden Xperia, Twitter, Hidden Xperia, um, Instagram, Hidden it's, it's all Hidden Xperia. Everything right. is Hidden Xperia. Um, yeah, thank you for having me on. Oh, whoops. Thank you for having me on as well. Um, I really appreciate that. I had a lot of fun talking about this. I love doing this type of stuff, so this is this is really fun. Yeah, no problem, man. And I'd be happy to chat more. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll get a chance to in the future. Definitely. Definitely. Sounds good, dude. I'll see you around. All right. Cheers, dude. Thanks a lot. Cheers. All right, and that closes our interview for today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed, and I know a lot of you guys are waiting around in the chat for your HCS Grassroots giveaway. You type exclamation mark giveaway in the chat, you got a chance to win your BR skin and your nameplate. So let's find out who the winner is. I'll be waiting right here on Discord when Tony lets me know. We need a drum roll sound, Tony, or something that you could play up. Oh, here it is. There's no, no drum roll immediately. Uh, we got Moist Pit. Moist pity, <laughs> one, two, three, with the uh, the BR skin and nameplate giveaway. Congratulations. Enjoy your goodies. You can uh, flash them in Halo 5 or in Halo 3. And we do this every single week, guys. So if you're upset, you didn't win the giveaway, just come back next week, join the awesome discussion, maybe, you know, drop a question or something, and you might, you know, have a good chance of picking up that HCS Grassroots skin and nameplate. Let's also check out the merch as well, Tony. You can throw up the merch. Anything that you purchase here not only supports the show, it supports me as well, and I would highly appreciate that. So feel free to check out the merch right there. I also want to let you guys know that if you enjoy watching this show, maybe you don't have time to watch it. Maybe you're on the go. You know, you might be on the subway working out, whatever it is. We are available on Spotify. We're available on iTunes. We are available on Google Play. Just look up HCS Weekly. You can listen to this episode and more on the go. It's a great time to be a Halo fan. Anyway, that'll close our episode for today. I'll see you guys again next week.